Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What is going on, guys? Josh Salvo here. Before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to uh, speak a little bit about our membership program that we created a little over six months ago at this point. Uh, if you're not familiar, what we did is we built this platform that gives members discounts of up to 50% off 90 plus startups. Many of these startups are the brands that we interview on this podcast. Um, So the reason we created the platform is really to help uh, outdoor enthusiasts discover new innovative startups really related to their favorite outdoor activities, whether it's skiing, climbing, hiking, camping, whatever, really, um, and be able to get a discount on them. So basically, in addition to that, you can also apply to become an ambassador for for these brands um, all from one location. You can do it basically a click of a button. makes it super simple. Uh, we'll also showcase a lot of the new products that these brands are working on. Uh, you can get access to demo and trade show deals up to 60% off all of their stuff at the end of the season. Um, and lastly, we have a private Facebook group for everyone who participates uh, to get to know us and each other on a more personal level and really help us um, build the future for really the outdoor space and showcase new innovative brands. So if you want to check it out, head over to readyyeti.com slash members and uh, you can get your first month free. What is going on, Ready Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with Kaylin Coey, the co-founder of VocTab. Kaylin, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, Josh, thanks for having me on. Without a doubt. So for the listener that may not be familiar with VocTab, how would you best describe business? Yeah, so uh, Voketab's a it's a simple product that uh, came up with a, a number of years ago. It's a it's a healthy chewable that gets you focused for you know you chew it up, get three four hours of mental focus. Also helps with uh, physical endurance. And uh, the genesis for Voke really came from early on. I was competing in skiing and drinking drinking a lot of coffee at that point, and just wanted something that functioned like coffee but didn't make me jittery and would fit in my pocket. And so that led to, uh, you know, coming up with coming up with VokeTab and creating chewables that uh, kind of go with you wherever you go, and uh, always on hand, whether you know you're at work or you're out on the mountain, and something to just help you, uh, you know, kind of stay at stay at your highest level and keep performing. That's really interesting. So it's kind of a, a competitor to like the five hour energy, but a much healthier option. <laughs> yeah, it's. In one sense, it's similar to something like a five-hour an energy drink. It really, it's more moderate. So, I mean, the idea is to not spike your system with some with with a ton of anything, but to keep it so that you can take one tab, you know, every couple hours if you know as needed. While you know, so you're increasing your your cognitive and your physical performance, but you're not crashing off that, and you're not getting jittery off that. So that's sort of the uh, core evoke. The other part of it is we we really kept the kept the recipe healthy. You know, it's uses all natural and organic ingredients. So there's nothing in there you don't want. Everything that's in there is either meant to you know hold the tab together or help you out in some way without the sugar and artificial sweeteners and colors and things that are in a lot of uh, a lot of other products. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not much of a coffee drinker, but I've become so in the last like couple of years with building a business <laughs> and like yeah, knowing how stressful that can be. And I do I get the jitters, and that's one of the reasons why I try not to drink it that much. And when I tried the Vogue tab, I was like, wow, this is 
gives me the energy so I'm not falling asleep in front of my computer or doing all the things that I need to be doing. And I don't feel like that like weirdly tense, restless leg syndrome kind of feeling of having too many cups of coffee, um, which I think is yeah, awesome. Totally. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting with coffee because... You know, I, I, like I said, I used to drink a lot of coffee and uh, we started to look into um, the details, um, the content in coffee. It's really interesting how, you know, a cup of coffee, depending on the bean and the brew and size of the cup, can have 80 to 300 milligrams of caffeine. And it's so variable that oftentimes you're drinking coffee and you're not really thinking about it and it's tasting good. And maybe you're having two or three cups. And your system's getting so spiked up with caffeine that, you know, you're getting jittery. A lot of times people have trouble sleeping. It can upset your stomach. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things there where, you know, coffee's great, but it can be hard to moderate. And, and Vogue really it offers sort of like a very precise, you know, exactly what you're getting with each tab every time. It's a lot of our customers still drink coffee, oftentimes in the morning. But Vogue is really clutch when coffee might not be, you know, desirable for folks. And it, I think when you're really trying to perform, like, you know, if you're going into a meeting at work or you really need to focus on a project or you're climbing a, climbing a huge mountain, it's really nice to be able to kind of uplift, you know, get your performance up to, you know, the best place it can be um, without kind of a bunch of side effects that you're not, that you don't really want. Yeah, no, definitely. I can totally see the value in it. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background. So you're originally from Montana. You grew up obviously skiing and got to the point where you're competing um, I'd love to sort of hear the story that really ultimately got you to the point of starting Vogue. Yeah. So definitely skiing was definitely a big part of my life for, I don't know, since I was four years old <laughs> and really kind of got even uh, into it more when I was nine, 10 and started competing in freestyle, um, skiing, skiing bumps. And eventually, um, you know, so I, I took that about as far as I could before I got injured, but ended up at this point where I was really kind of focusing on, you know, my performance and I was, I was drinking a lot of coffee and it always ended up, I had to take a piss before, you know, before a competitive run and I'm post through the trees and coffee doesn't really transport very well up on the ski hill. So a whole bunch of things, it just didn't really make too much sense. And so I, I just, at one point I it just took her and I was like, well, you know, I'll just go, go to the store. Cause of course there's something there that's just, po- you know, fit in your pocket and would function similarly to coffee and wasn't really finding anything that seemed to work very well. A bunch of pills at the gas station they're all pretty sketchy. And when you take them they make you feel kind of crazy and weird. So that, that really wasn't of interest to me and also was looking for something healthier and just led me down a path that, you know, I started talking with my dad and uh, he's a biochemist and has access to a, you know, a lot of scientific literature, peer reviewed studies that kind of really show from a scientific perspective, what really works at what loading level and what doesn't work. Cause there's a lot of ingredients out there that are sort of marketing label ingredients that they may not, they may not function the way that customers perceive them to. And so I kind of had started already figuring out how to make a product in my own kitchen. It was really a crude process at that point you know, getting a i just got a candy thermometer and sugar and at that point it had sugar in it and uh, ordered up natural caffeine and i had actually traveled to brazil when i was younger and got acquainted with uh, guarana which is a, a seed from a berry in the amazon and in brazil it's, it's sort of a, a cultural obsession where you know people are putting guarana and everything from acai bowls to drinks to i mean even people had it in toothpaste it was just it was all over the place and i just remembered trying it and it really provided this sort of clear-headed 
mental focus that was really profound. And so I, I ordered that up as well. And I started just mixing these things into uh, lozenges and give them out to friends and Ziploc bags on the ski hill. And that just, the response I was getting, even though at that point, I mean, they, they tasted terrible and they were, the texture was not the best, but you know, the effect was amazing. And so that, that response sort of led me to talking with my dad more about it's like, okay, well, look, there's all these ingredients that people, you know, are buying for energy and focus, you know, are you able to pull the research on these and see, see what's really working, what's not. And so he, he really helped me to get a hold of those papers and then pour through them. And we really identified a, a pretty simple recipe that's uh, really effective. And so that led down a whole long journey of, you know, figuring out I wanted to really start a company and went through a whole lot of trials and tribulations, you know, getting manufacturing set up and finding factories and raising capital and a whole lot of things. I, I didn't know anything about business. And when I first got started I, I, making these, I, I really had no intention of starting a company. Over time, though, I really kind of got the, I figured out I really, I really do enjoy being an entrepreneur. And my brother also got involved early on and allowed us to work together and figured out, you know, over time that we work really well together. And I'm so you know, from the early days, it was really a family, you know, family endeavor. Even my mom was getting involved, you know, helping out with all sorts of things. You know, she's called tons <laughs> of our customers and has uh, been super supportive and on a lot of fronts. And so, you know, it took a lot to get it going and to get to where we are now, where, you know, going from making lozenges in my kitchen to making a product and, you know, essentially pharmaceutical grade factories, selling it through a website and selling it at retail stores. And it's been really exciting. It's been a fun journey. Definitely. Now, so this is this is a pretty long journey. Did, did you start this in 2011 or is 2011 when you actually got to the point where you're ready to turn it into a legitimate business? Yeah, that's basically it. I mean, at that point, that's when Vogue got started previously. You know, it was kind of going by the name Energia and um, it was a really small scale. I think really it was the customer feedback and feedback from friends. It led me to, to understand that this was really something that I wanted to pursue. And it was a it was a product that was really helping a lot of people in a lot of different ways and kind of being continually surprised at just how how many different people from so many different walks of life were getting really stoked about the product. And so that that really led to, you know, motivated me to kind of turn it into a turn it into a real business. Okay. So you you, you develop the product, you fine tune it, and you really figure out what what the best version of that looks like, right? And um, so you launched in 2011. What what did you do next? What did uh, how did you go about really growing the business and getting it out there? Yeah, well, from you know 2011 to going in a number of years forward from that, I mean, it was still basically we had to get a, a prototype made, and then we we took that prototype and started to just hit the ground and, and started talking to some some retailers and. People gave us the chance to sell it and learned a lot from that. At that, at that point, you know, we, we didn't have enough capital to do a whole lot other than just sort of try and create the prototype and get it onto the market in a, in a very, at a very small scale. And so we took that and were able to find some interest from some investors who were able to get us another couple steps down the road where we were able to make a larger manufacturing run. Again, a lot of the cash that we were able to raise had to go towards product. And so that got, you know, a lot of the cash got tied up in inventory. Um, still weren't really paying ourselves much of anything. 
and didn't really have much of a, a marketing budget to speak of, but um, started to had some kind of top level athletes who were really taking the product and going on expeditions around the world with it. And, and that really helped with product, further product testing and optimization, and then sort of helped us via word of mouth grow the business gradually. And then we grew gradually over a couple, you know, a number of years. A lot of that period of time, we were really focusing on product and how we could make it, uh, the production scalable. We were working with a lot of a lot of different suppliers and factories that worked a ton with something exactly like Vogue. And so there were some unique challenges of trying to, you know, get the production uh, scalable. And so once, and also driving our cost down, it's a pretty expensive product to make actually. And so once we had done that, um, we were also simultaneously just working on getting the business to sort of a cash flow break-even point. And, and so those two things sort of came together last year and allowed us to uh, raise, a, raise a larger amount of capital. Not huge, but enough that it's been really impactful on our business. We're starting to see a lot more rapid growth now. And it's basically a lot of that you know, that was raised then, instead of going so much towards inventory and operational expenses, now we, you know, for the first time have more of a material marketing budget. That's interesting. Now, I, I want to ask, what's the significance of the name Vogue? Yeah, Vogue was, uh, I'd, I'd spent quite a while trying to come up with or figure out what to call it. <laughs> um, I, I figured out early on that Energia wasn't going to work because I couldn't, there, there was no way to trademark it. And Vogue was just something that uh, I, I, you know, I came across some words that incite action, like invoke, provoke, evoke. And uh, Vogue was just kind of jumping out as something that I liked a lot and seemed to be kind of catching on with folks. It can be used as a noun and a verb. I mean, it is Vogue. You take it, you're Vogued. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, we, we rolled with it and, uh, I think it's, it's, um, it's worked out really well. It, it it's unique, you know, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't define the product with the name itself, but it kind of does come to define its effect for people as they're describing it. Um, so it's been, uh, it's been a good one. Definitely. Now, um, I want to ask you specifically about the way in which you sell Vogue. Um, so on your website, obviously, there's a subscription option for um, people to get a specific amount sent to them on a regular basis to uh, for their regular activities, whether it's you know working or their outdoor stuff. I, I feel like you're definitely more unique on that side where most, I feel, energy sort of supplements don't necessarily do that. Um, so I guess my question is, do you, do you drive most of your sales from online or in retail shops? And how does that all work? Yeah, it's, it's a mix for us. Um, at this point, we're, uh, you know, we have a, a retail base of about 100 stores and really working to help them, help them succeed. But in terms of expansion in the near term, we're really growing the online side of our business. We have customers all over the country and online allows us really to uh, deliver Vogue to them in a really convenient manner through Vogue Reload. Um, which is basically, you know, as you mentioned, that Vogue Reload is just an easy way for people to sign up. You know, they're taking a Vogue a day. You know, they can sign up for Vogue a day if they're taking two or three Vogues a day. They can sign up and then we just ship ship them that quantity on a monthly basis. Or if they want, they can get it every two weeks or two months. So the quantity and frequency is uh, up to them. That's been a real focus for us right now. And then building the business to a point where we're able to afford more comprehensive push into retailers. It's uh, it's It's a mix. But for us, for the next uh, year or so, I think digital is a, a, a strong focus of ours. Now, earlier you, you mentioned um, how you worked with your dad and he helped you really 
um, get access to research, uh, to develop Vogue. Um, I want to ask you if there was any specific mentors that you really had along the way or still have that are really helping you figure everything out and getting Vogue to where it is today. Yeah, absolutely. There's, <laughs> there's been a good handful of uh, people that have really provided a lot of mentorship and um, a lot of them are, are very much still involved with the company. You know, my dad's certainly one of them. We have some folks on our board of directors that have um, helped me out an incredible amount. Everything from you know marketing, uh, sales, finance, the manufacturing side, distribution. You know, starting where I started, which is I, I didn't go to school for any of this. And furthermore, I, I'm not even sure <laughs> it'd be hard to go to school for maybe starting a company because you get so many curveballs and things that you need to figure out. But um, my education really has come from mentors, and it's come from uh, reading a lot of books. Um, on, on other on other startups and other companies, you, you touched on this a little bit when we were talking about like the makeup of the product. Um, but I want to ask you specifically um, what your commitment to uh, sustainability is, and obviously making uh, a food based product, right? Uh, in regards to like fair trade, organic, and um, everything that goes along with that. So, how do you guys tackle that that um, that issue? Yeah, so. There are a number of different aspects of it. I mean, we've really stuck to uh, making the product with natural organic ingredients and sourcing from suppliers that are you know passionate about growing things sustainably. We get our guarana and our acerola from Brazil, and you know, guarana can actually grow. It, it grows better when there's still trees around, uh, so there's some shade. Uh, so it's 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 good because a lot of the problem in the Amazon is things are it's getting deforested so heavily. Um, and it's it's a real problem. And, and and another problem is once it gets deforested, a lot of times the farming practices uh, leach a lot of the nutrients out of the soil, and then it basically it turns to desert, and then they move on and, and take another patch of jungle down. And um, so you know it's it's, it's been uh, great to work um, with ingredients uh, like guarana that uh, are less part of that problem. But we're also still a very small company, um, and so a lot of our ambitions later are to make more strong direct connections with. Uh, local growers and take trips down to Brazil and pay them respectable amounts for for the ingredients that they're farming and see if there's any ways to improve the processes. But we're still such a small organization that we haven't had the resources to really get into that at the level that we aspire to. Some other things that we we do, you know, we're a member of 1% for the Planet, which is an excellent nonprofit uh, based on the East Coast that they organize, uh, companies can join and, and you donate 1% of your revenues to nonprofit organizations and so through that, you know, we've we've given to, you know, American Alpine Club, the American Mountain Guide Association, and just, just groups that are, you know, helping people get out into the mountains. We're also we're trying to get aligned with uh, some, some folks that are helping to sustain the Amazon. So those are those are some of our efforts. I mean, the other side of it for us is packaging. Our packaging, a lot of folks look at it and they're like, wow, this is so expensive. Why do you do this? And why don't you put it into a plastic wrapper or something? But for us, you know, our packaging is 100% recyclable. Um, Aluminum is a pretty efficient thing to, uh, aluminum tin is a pretty efficient thing to recycle. Um, and so not only does the packaging help uh, keep the product from chipping and getting damaged um, when, when you have it in your gear bag or, you know, you're out skiing or, or it's just rattling around, it's in your car, at your desk at work, but it's recyclable. And for us, it, it, it's, it's uh, something, that, you know, we're, we're, as we grow too, we have ambitions with our packaging to, to get to more and more sustainable and recyclable types of packaging you know you bring up a great point and uh, the more 
interviews that I do and the more brands that we work with, I realize how important it is to think about the packaging part of your business, right? Because when you're small, it is definitely more difficult to do things in a more sustainable way. But if you start out um, doing it, it's obviously a lot easier. And brands that package uh, their product in a more sustainable way, A, stand out because their package is unique. And it's also just like a good sign of like, hey, this company cares. You know what I mean? So, and I I think that's so, so important. Yeah, I agree. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, organization Evoke and um, how it functions. And we're talking a little bit offline. uh, The fact that there's three of you full time. Uh, You're in in, uh, Salt Lake City right now and your brother's in Portland. What's sort of the dynamic and what's an average day look like for you guys? Well, it's always, uh, it's always different. Um, with only, with only three of us at the moment, you know, we all have to wear a lot of different hats. We recently brought on TJ Kalenko, um, who's heading up marketing for Vogue. So that's a whole new world for us. Proof that we, we hadn't had anybody on the team that really had a strong background in marketing, especially digital, you know, a typical day, it's really different. I mean, we have a whole stack of different projects and initiatives that we're working on and just trying to get them all going as fast as possible and, you know, running triage, <laughs> trying to <laughs> make sure that we're staying on top of stop top of everything to the best we can and uh, scaling the business to where, you know, we're hoping in the next year we'll be able to bring on a couple more folks that I think that'll, that'll be another game changer for the company. And so, you know, my brother is really focused on uh, operations. Um, he's an incredible graphic designer. Um, he designed our packaging and uh, worked together to design the logo and the website. So, you know, he's, he's got his hands full there and he, with operations. I mean, he and I are both working on a lot of the aspects of the manufacturing process. Um, so that's, uh, we're going into another manufacturing run right now. So that, you know, that takes a lot of time and, and then the financing side and raise money and we have a board of directors now. And so, you know, a lot of those things are, everything's important. So <laughs> you kind of have to have to, uh, block and tackle and, and keep on top of it. Definitely. How, how do you still get outside often? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I try to, uh, not as much as I, I, I would ultimately like at this point, but I think we, we kind of, you know, we have our heads down right now, really pushing this year to to grow the business. and But we still do, and I'm excited to be down here in Salt Lake, about 10 minutes from the canyon, Cottonwood Canyons. So got a, got a good bit of mountain biking in this fall, and snow's been a little late to arrive here this year, but uh, hopefully we'll have a, a strong winter, a strong late winter here. Definitely makes it easier to keep your head down when the snow hasn't showed up yet. <laughs> yeah <laughs> one of the one of the very few perks <laughs> of having a low snow year so far um so what would you say has been one of the hardest parts about starting vogue you know i i think really developing the product and the manu- the manufacturing process that took a lot of uh, a lot of work a lot of effort financing it's been uh also you know challenging but you know we've been successful with that over time to a reasonable degree and I think it's it's just a process. I mean, if you need to finance a business, you know, you have to you have to get something there first and that takes that takes resources and then once you have that and you want to start scaling it, I mean, uh, that takes resources, but you sort of have to walk the line of when's the right time to bring on more financing, you know, if that's an option at that point in time, sometimes it's not just growing as uh, you know, smartly as you can. Now, what would you say is one of your greatest fears in regards to Vogue and how do you manage that? There are so many, so many things that we're trying to do, and there's so much work to do um, with with a really small team. 
It's just trying to get to a point where growing it to a scale where the cash flows allow us to uh, build the team out. Each financing round, you know, you kind of have a runway to, to, to do that. And I think that we're really on track with it at this point. And so that's exciting. But it's always kind of a concern when you when you don't quite have enough manpower to sometimes to execute. But, you know, it's it's something that I think, as far as I can tell, almost literally every every startup or early stage company goes through. So it's just sort of goes with the uh, goes with the territory. What would you say are some of the biggest mistakes that you made uh, in regards to Vogue? I think that where, you know where I where I started from, not having a background in business or startups or manufacturing or marketing, sales, financing, any of these things. Um, I, I think that we weren't able to anticipate uh, maybe the resource level that it would take to grow a company to grow Vogue as quickly as we thought we would. That probably would be it right there. But I, again, I think that that's really common. Yeah, I mean, that's the game of entrepreneurship, right? It's uh, thinking you know what you're doing and then getting a reality check <laughs> and then pivoting yeah. based off of the results. It's yeah. <laughs> sort of scratching your head being like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. just, let's keep evolving. <laughs> totally. Um, now what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business, whether it was in the outdoor space, the energy, food, lifestyle kind of, uh, business? Yeah. Um, I would say if you're really passionate about it and you have an idea to create something, just, you know, get started right away. Trust in your ability to learn as you go. Um, you'll never have all the answers at the beginning. And I, I think just, you know, being, being prepared for it to be, uh, exciting and uh challenging sometimes more so than you expect there's a lot of you know ups and downs with any kind of business as you kind of learn and grow but i'm a big believer in you know jumping into it and getting started that's that's always the first and most important step yeah you wait too long someone else will start your idea (laughs) and if it's successful you'll be kicking yourself forever (laughs) yeah totally um, so w- we've talked about this a little bit, um, earlier on in the episode, but I want to ask you, uh, more specifically, where do you see Vogue going in the next year, five years, 10 years down the road? I, I really think that we're at an inflection point right now. Um, we're, we're really, you know, we're scaling the Vogue reload program and just providing our customers with a, you know, a simple, reliable way to get Vogue. And, you know, I, I think in, in five to 10 years, our goal is to have Vogue available um, everywhere in the U.S., both Vogue Reload and and local retailers, something that's kind of a go to uh, a go to product for people um, when they're looking to get focused and stay productive at work and and out in the mountains. Definitely. Now, I, I want to ask you: when you were developing Vogue and really getting all the customer feedback and building the business, was there any um, feedback from customers or ways in which they were using Vogue that sort of really surprised you or, or stood out to you? Yeah, over and over again. It's really kept us motivated uh, over time. Just hearing so many stories from people, whether it's a, a pilot or a firefighter or someone working in, in an office, entrepreneurs to some of the world's you know top mountaineers and kayakers and skiers. We have so many, so many different stories from so many, you know, people who are working in you know, nighttime ER nurses, doctors. It's incredible to see how people value the product and we called a couple hundred of our customers last year and the year before and 
you know, through that, it was really illuminating uh, just to put all that down on paper and, and start to really think about who's using it and how they're using it and what they're valuing with the product. And, you know, I, I also think, you know, a little bit of a tangent, but anybody that's starting a business, I mean, the most important thing, go talk to your customers and do that early because it, it'll help inform a lot of decisions that you want to make moving forward and help you avoid, you know, a lot of strategies or directions that might not be the right thing to pursue. Yeah, no, you're right. And it goes to show that really anyone can benefit from Vogue. It's really, you're not, you don't have a specific niche. Well, maybe you started at one. It really can um, help anyone really that needs an extra level of energy, which is most people. <laughs> at least I feel that way. Um, what would you say is the best part about running Vogue? Um, for me, it's it's really being able to work with a close knit team, being able to work with my brother. You know, I, I really like to be challenged. Uh, There's a lot of problem solving. We got to you know spend a lot of time on uh, you know creative projects where we get to test out new ideas, and so I you know I enjoy the process and uh, really enjoy working with the team. I know it's it's exciting. I'm really uh, I, I'm so excited to see what you guys do going in the future. Um, Kaylin, I, w- I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me and share your story uh, with our listeners and everything that you guys are up to. But for the listener that maybe wants to keep tabs on what you're doing going forward, uh, where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, I think the best place is our website, voketab.com. Go on our mailing list, keep you updated on the company. We're also, we're building in an incentive program to Voke Reload. So people that are on that will, you know, over time, we'll be shipping out Voke hats and shirts and water bottles, stuff like that. So yeah, check out our website. That's the best place. Awesome. And it, anyone who's listening is listening between February 20th and March 20th. We're actually going to be giving away um, some uh, Vogue for uh, the listener that wants to enter, along with a ton of other uh, gear from other startups in the uh, outdoor space. So head over to RedYeti.com uh, for your chance to win before March 20th. And with that, Kalen, thanks so much uh, for taking the time to chat. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on and uh, really stoked to see where, where everything's headed with Ready Yeti. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Yeti podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.